Hello, Planet Prisoners. This is the interview that I'm going to be recording from Mike Adams. He interviewed a lady that is going to talk in detail about the bioweapons. The vaccines are really just bioweapons that are potentially going to be triggered with um, 5G and other. Whenever they decide to, to trigger it, to do whatever it's supposed to do, so she goes through at length looking at patent documents and other documents and uh, relaying what she discovered. So go ahead and listen to this interview. All right, welcome folks. Mike Adams here. And for this interview, we are joined by Karen Kingston. And she has some bombshell information to share with us. She sent me a whole slew of documents that are just kind of blowing my mind already. She's a biotech analyst. She used to do work for lots of different companies uh, you know, as an analyst uh, with Pfizer and Johnson Johnson, Thermo Fisher, and so on. She's been sounding the alarm on what is in these vaccines, some of the, shall we say, exotic technology type of elements, uh, nanoparticles. And today she's going to join us to talk about neuroweapons and much more. Karen, you've done incredible work. You've done a lot of interviews across the board. Thank you for joining us tonight to share what you've recently discovered. Thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. And um, this is probably the, the most important research I've done so far because um, what I did was um, I went outside of looking at the patents and um, medical documentation, you know, for the FDA and medical products. And I went into the definitions by, of our military for neural weapons, biological weapons of weapons of mass destruction. And what I found was that in those areas, there were products such as um, neurotechnology and nanoneural technology, quantum dot, carbon nanotubules, and the use of 5G network to be used as neurobiological weapons of mass destruction. And I also found from a biological aspect that the um, the toxins, the synthetically recreated toxins that they found in the Wuhan Institute of Virology 2SP spike protein that's in the Pfizer vaccine um, also is meets the, the definition of a bioweapon. And what's so evil is that Professor James Giordano, what he explains, and he has been a consultant with the intelligence community and the military. He was brought on with Obama in 2008. He says, you know, uh, neuros, neurostem and neurotechnology can be a weapon of mass destruction, but not, let's not think of it that way. If we think of it in health applications or consumer product applications, um, but specifically under health applications, then we can experiment with it uh, for uh, combat reasons and not have to provide transparency. Whoa. So the definition for a COVID-19 emergency use countermeasure, whether it's a vaccine or a PCR test or anything, meets the same definition for a neural weapon of mass destruction. So this explains a lot of things, probably why we have EUA, but not full approval. But before we get there, let me just give people your new Substack site. It's karenkingston.substack.com. And you told me right before we started here that you are working on a new Substack post that's going to show some of the documents that we're talking about here tonight. You're going to have that posted within 24 hours or so, a day or two. Yeah, Is that correct? I'll, I'll have one. I'll, it, it, so I told you I'm at 5,000 words already, so I'm, I'm trying to put them into bite-sized pieces. So I'll definitely have some of the documentation available um, tomorrow regarding the difference between, you know, what's the difference between a neural weapon and uh, EUA COVID-19 countermeasure. And right, and, but just <laughs> when you say tomorrow to the audience, that's today because we're recording this late at night. So this is going to be posted uh, oh. Thursday, October 6th. You'll have some things posted on your Substack also later Thursday, correct? That is correct. And okay. there's the, the subject, the, art, the image I have up right now, um, which I posted a couple days ago, and this one's, this is free, is uh, why didn't the Americans unite to save America? You know, and it's because no one told us the truth about what's going on. So the truth is that the um, COVID-19 injections, as well as other COVID-19 countermeasures, include neural weapons of mass destruction. That is what's going on. 
it is contingent upon 5G as far as they are all, they can all be lethal, but the lethality of it, or they call the usefulness and functionality of it is contingent on 5G. And I think, I, I really don't believe most people know what's going on. And I think if they did, we could unite to save America. I don't well, let me let me ask you some really basic questions before you get into the research. So you're saying that there is an ability for 5G frequencies to be able to activate some kind of functionality or toxicity in the lipid nanoparticles that have been already injected into people. Is that correct? That, that's correct. And they can also be used to induce execution. So lethality and death. Now, okay. So in your view, then big picture questions in your view, have some of these 5G frequencies or broadcasts already taken place or are they going to do it later for some at some milestone or something? So great question. First of all, the 5G sequence, the 5G towers are already saturating us with toxic electromagnetic waves. Um, right, so but that's totally separate from liquid nanoparticles. I mean, I mean, lipid, excuse me, lipid nanoparticles. Yeah, so, so I just want to say that. So people are getting sick. Second, though, as you go through the documentation, they can actually emit specific signals to the quantum dots, right, that will have specific effects on various people. So that's correct, too, and so, that's in the documents. Okay, so do you believe that that has been happening in certain areas already? Um, yeah, and I mean, the, the electromagnetic pulse frequencies could, can be coming from the 5G. They can also be coming from electromagnetic pulse military devices that kind of look like something like a cell phone, so people can be targeted that way as well. But yes. yeah, you know, they, there are 5G electromagnetic frequencies that, you know, it's obvious that I think people have, it's been tested out on, and pro more than likely it's been tested out on various areas in the United States where you see the higher levels of the COVID-19 injection death. So, you know, um, I, I believe it was Naomi Wolf, Naomi Wolf, she's done a great job reporting on the war room, and she, you know, she talked about how certain places in America, there were higher deaths, and she thinks that was because the formulation, the biological formulation was more toxic. Now I would I would offer the theory that perhaps it was just that they activated the 5G in those areas. So so then why aren't they just activating it everywhere? Like if the goal is mass depopulation, why aren't they just turning it up to hundred right now? Everywhere? I don't know. I don't I don't I honestly I don't know the answer to that that question. Um, but I do know that this is an artificial intelligence nanotechnology. Uh, I do know it's contingent on 5G. I also know there's another company we can talk about called Cloud Mines who has deployed a lot of technology into the United States. They're based in China. And the Federal Bureau of Security has said they're a threat to national security because the end use of their technology is for military purposes. And I know from their filings with the SEC that the functionality of their AI technology is also dependent on 5G. So I don't know if the full 5G network is ready now to begin uh, injuring and executing civilians. I don't know. But what you're suggesting also, or at least opening the door to the possibility, is that perhaps a, a foreign enemy AI cyber attack could... Uh, even take over some of the 5G systems, you know, in a cyber attack and then cause them to broadcast kill frequencies potentially. Would that be within the realm of what's possible? Well, that would be in the realm of what's possible from cloud mines. And again, I have the documentation from their SEC filings and from our Federal Bureau of Security, which is a, a federal commerce for national security. So, well, yeah. I do remember that Trump banned uh, Huawei uh, hardware from, I believe, uh, Huawei, you know, microchips and telecom equipment was banned by Trump. And then later it, I think some European countries banned it, but there's still a lot of Huawei hardware in place that could provide just theoretically back doors to cloud mines or somebody else like that. That's just an observation. Yeah. Again, like the, the hope, the, the, and this is such a morbid conversation, but the hope that I had or that I have is that it's very clear that these um, neural weapons of mass destruction, again, their lethality, their functionality is contingent on 5G. And I, 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 know, I don't think no one understands what's going on. If they did, I believe we could unite. I, I believe there's there's got to be a way 
we they're not every our military is not evil. There's there, I know the leaders are. We know Millie and, and Lloyd Austin have betrayed this nation. We know so many leaders have, but I, I I have to believe we could unite and stop this. Well, okay then. Thanks for entertaining my big picture questions there. I know you have a ton of research. Go go ahead. Just start jumping into that and explain what you've found because you've got some really compelling uh, okay. documents yeah. to share with us. Um, so I just so about you know 20 months ago I, this is this is the world patent and and they can find this on my Substack as well this is the letter i wrote to senators governors influencers podcasters um scientists doctors i mean i sent this email to churches i mean you name it and i provided early documentation and, and i was very clear that if they looked at the documents i provided and had an expert i will believe they will conclude that the covid 19 injections are bioweapons that contain gain-of-function chimeric viruses and toxins under the guise of an mRNA vaccine combined with a diagnostic therapeutic, which is a lipid nanoparticle platform. And it said, you know, I go on to say that they can um, target systems in the body, including reproductive, cardiovascular, pulmonary, central nervous system, and specifically crossing the blood-brain barrier. So this was all, this information has been available since last, you know, almost two years ago now to everybody. It was an actual master patent. And then if you go, um, you know, and, and it's important to know, this is why under, uh, they, they can, what, what caught my eye was that it said it contained a diagnostic. A diagnostic is not a biologic, Mike. It's a device. So it was very obvious. So people are like, well, just because it says it in the patent doesn't mean it's there. I know that. I, you know, I'm, I'm intelligent. But there's no reason for them to list a diagnostic in a vaccine patent ever. Um, and so then when you go to Moderna's website, and they took it down, but it used to be up on the site, um, the master patent for within the U.S. for all mRNA vaccines talk about the lipid nanoparticles. And as you read through that patent on Moderna's website, it says, they have self-assembly nanoparticles. It's well, not vaccines. It's self-assembly technology. Wait a minute. Polymer-based, polymer-based self-assembly yes. nanoparticles and fully programmable nanoparticles. This is from Moderna. Yes, the, you have the patent is, number right there. Yeah, this is the Moderna patent for all mRNA vaccines that fall under the Moderna NIH COVID-19 vaccines. And what does it mean? It says primary constructs there at the bottom of the second paragraph on the left column. What is it, what is it primary construct? I don't, I, I don't know. So I, I, I just pointed out here this, the semiconductive and then metallic nanoparticles, um, uh, uh, primary constructs. I don't actually, I, I haven't looked into that. Again, I, there's other things I dove into more. But it then specifically says right here, Mike, gels and hydrogels. So those right. are, the gels and hydrogels are quantum dots. So as we go through this, I think, you know, um, so when you, when, when you go through a patent or you go through a peer-reviewed journal, I'll show you what you do. As you read through things, you'll see small references like numbers like this. And then I go and I look at that patent to see what they're referencing. So it's not that I read one 200-page patent. I've got to go through over 100 of them really right. to kind of figure out what's going on. Just, and I'm, I'm trying to shorten it. But again, it says right here that these are hydrogels. They're absorbent. Um, uh, you know, they're biocompatible and biodegradable and porous. Um, and what you'll find as we go through this, uh, quantum dots are part of the hydrogel uh, family. And again, it just says right here, don't tell me this is a vaccine and not an advanced nanotechnology. It says right here. Polymer-based self-assembled nanoparticles, right. <laughs> Look, you know, Karen, I have to admit the very first time I heard about hydrogels and quantum dots and so on, I, I you know, I thought it was just a rumor or something. I mean, it was a couple of years back, but the fact that you're showing it here in the patent is, uh, you know, I mean, this is, this is proof, obviously, that this, have, they're using this. I have more. I can show you quantum dot peer-reviewed publications you know, and they're fluorescent, and it looks exactly what the doctors are seeing under the electron microscopes or the, or the microscopy, whatever they're using um, to see them. Um, anyway, Mike, I was saying the hydrogels, um, they're, so people, you know, we're not just injected with an mRNA sequence and with the nanoparticles. There is a plethora of technology and toxins and um, uh, artificial intelligence and biologics that were injected in people. So what type of hydrogel that we know people were injected uh, with were the magnetic hydrogels. Why? Because people are magnetic. I, I mean, like, let's, people are magnetic. And I did a three and a half hour presentation last August or September with Dr. Artis, where I went through the magnetic uh, components in the master patents as well. Okay, so, wait, wait, go back to that last slide, please. Okay, 
-hmm. it says remote actuation uh, yeah. strategies. That that's essentially what you're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, so that's it. So, so again, and so and there's a chapter, a book I sent you called Genetically Engineered Hydrogels, and that also explains how they use um, photons, right, uh, to actually send signals to the genetically engineered hydrogels. And it is a book by two researchers out of scientists. It's a great book. And it explains well, how it can then give them information to then start building out uh, synthetically recreated tissues combined with uh, inorganic materials. But here, yeah, so this is, it can be activated from an outside signal. Now, this is the one I wanted to dive into because this explains a little bit more about what people have been injected with. Also, you know, you can inhale this stuff, you can ingest it, or you can drink it because it's in the lipid nanoparticles. Well, so this is multifunctional magnetic hydrogel. And what it states, you know, right here is, um, just to let people know, I want to explain what those clots are that you're finding is it explains that the latest applications of magnetic hydrogels in biomedicine, soft actuators, environment, chemistry, and engineering. What are soft actuators? Um, soft actuators are uh, synthetically recreated uh, micro uh, robots or nanobots. So I'm just going to read exactly from uh, Nature Review. This is an article uh, just, I think, from last year. So inspired by physically adapted, agile, reconfigurable, and multifunctional soft-bodied animals and human muscles, now, um, soft actuators have been developed for a variety of applications, including soft grippers, artificial muscles, wearables, haptics, and medical devices. The complex performance of the systems cannot be fully replicated in synthetic designs. Um, and then they just talk about the structures um, with physical intelligence. Uh, so that means they, they actually respond to chemicals, heat, chemicals in your body, heat, et cetera. And, and advanced properties such as adaptability, adaptability, multimodal locom locomotion, so they're movable, self-healing, and multi-responsiveness. And so, so this is... Um, a hybrid um, nanotechnology made from anim from animals and soft-bodied soft animals and human muscles. And I want to point out that the Hydra has been studied by the NIH since the 90s out of UC Irvine and UC Davis for purposes of the fact that it's like this stem cell that can constantly regenerate itself. And they've done studies where they've used it in mice combined with other technology to rebuild limbs of the mice. So, um, you know, when I talked about saying that those biosynthetic structures um, were related to the hydra. It's it's that they use genetic information from the hydra to 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 help with that. And Wait, so you're 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 saying that these are self healing uh, uh, biostructures that or what what was the term you didn't use biostructures but synthetic structures biosynthetic. biosynthetic structures. Now I recall that embalmer Richard Hirschman told me something uh, actually during an interview and I was very skeptical of it, but he said that. He had one of these clots that was removed from the body of a, you know, a vaccinated person who later died. And he, he put the clot into uh, a preservation liquid and put it in storage. And then the next day he got it out and he said that clot had grown something like 40%. And I didn't believe it. Yeah. Because, but what you're explaining, if they are self-healing, if they are adaptive and reconfigurable, then suddenly that could make sense. Yeah, they're 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 artificial they're synthetically recreate they're synthetic artificial intelligence nanotechnology parasites. I think that's probably the best. Way. Whoa, whoa, wait, say that again. <laughs> say that again, please. You... They're biosynthetic artificial intelligence nanotechnology parasites. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, I mean, that's just, I mean that's not a term that they use, but that's like a way to think of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so they need the host, but at some point they don't need the host. So, what would be the purpose? I mean, why go through all the trouble of having human bodies build these structures if if the goal is just depopulation or something i mean what why why go through all this trouble if you're the I globalists i i i have i have no i don't have a, an answer uh for that other than we, we other than we are you know we are part of a massive experiment and they are moving towards that transhumanism uh, movement and they are trying to create their own species so you know, just like, you know, I mean, does someone ask the mice, does the mice go, why did the human do this to me? They don't know what our intentions are for them. We don't know what these people's intentions are for us. We're part of an experiment. 
I don't know if they're just trying to figure out how to execute us or how to create a new species. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, we're, we're getting into so much. I feel like I need to go review Aliens 1 and 2, first of all, the, the, the movies, because it's, it's almost like science fiction, but you're, you're quoting patents. I mean, this is from Nature Reviews Materials. The, the, this is, these are like biomaterials research. And I'm sorry to stall on this slide. I know you've got a lot more, but you're just, you're already kind of freaking me out. Yeah, but my, I mean, people have these biosynthetic structures in their body. People are magnetic. People are having neurological disorders. I mean, we're seeing cell, we'll keep going through this, but this okay, is, yeah. yeah, so this, so the whole point is from this pat, from this article, it explains like it's to build out different, you know, organs and tissues. So, so it can do that using artificial intelligence. Uh, NIH has a technology called ARES, A-R-E-S, uh, which can then pick up genetic sequences to help, help to build out cells, tissues, and organs um, by being inside a body. And that, they did that with mice. Um, so as you go on to this, it talks about that the, it has intelligent response, the hydrogel. Um, so it says it can perceive small physical chemical stimuli, temperature, light, magnesium, pH, so I mentioned that before. Um, and it can significantly respond uh, its behaviors. Because of this intelligence, hydrogel has a fascinating application prospect in tissue engineering, drug control release, and soft actuators. So creating those lifelike um, synthetic, biosynthetic robots. And then it cites uh, magnetic fields for external stimulation. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so, so it needs electromagnetic frequencies for its energy to, to thrive and also to receive signals and information. Uh, and it's contactless control, easy integration into uh, electronic devices. So uh, these are, these again, these are nanotechnology smart devices. Beyond that, they're, they're, you know, they're actually are with artificial intelligence. Well, have you ever heard about apps that people can download onto their mobile phones that actually function as remote controls for their televisions? Yeah, yeah. Well, so that means that your phone can, I mean, the app tells your phone to transmit infrared photons to control the TV, right? Mm -hmm. So couldn't a, like a vaccine tracing app also, like you download the app and it also then kind of covertly starts broadcasting infrared, you know, instructions that's picked up by these things you're talking about. Your own phone could be broadcasting this. Yeah, that's a great point. So John Key, who was a Chinese raised U.S. military trained army program manager, talks about how quantum dot is used in televisions, right? So yeah, so it's the same technology that's found in television. So yeah, absolutely, you're, you could get signals from your phone. But I mean, okay, but, sorry, I'm, I'm going in all kinds of directions on this. I'm just thinking even 5G doesn't have to be the source of the, of the broadcast. It could be, uh, you know, a surreptitious app on your phone and yeah. people download all these tracking apps and they, they, they agree to give the apps access to everything. And through that, you know, this, this could be happening. It could be broadcasting information. Anyway, go ahead, sorry to interrupt. Sorry, yeah. Um, so this is from the same article, and this just, um, you know, I spoke beforehand, this just made my jaw drop. So these are images of the, um, the, the pegylated um, lipid, nanopart, uh, lipid nanoparticle technology that contains the magnetic hydrogels. And um, what, what do they look like? They look like spike proteins. Yeah, we've been lied to. So do you think the spike proteins are actually these things instead? Yeah, because I couldn't even understand. Like, I don't know how you'd see a, a spike protein on some of these imagery things. I mean, spike proteins are a few nanometers inside, but if they are uh, uh, electromagnetic technology, these are the spike proteins. They're 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 not spike. They're not bio, they're not biological. So when when people are looking at these under electron microscopy, and they say, "Oh, I see these little spiky things," you're saying that this is actually what they're seeing instead. This, the, well, the, the, these are the little spiky things. <laughs> Nano. What's it say? Nano emulsion. Yeah, there's a nano capsule and a nano emulsion. So that whole COVID-19 spike protein, it seems to be a giant lie. That those were, they were what they were calling COVID-19 spike, 
was nanotechnology. You know, and Clay Clark, and I, 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 I believe him, you know, he says it stands for certification of vaccination ID, and then 19, one is A and nine is I, AI. So the COVID-19 spike is the AI. Wow. Yeah. I mean, don't look at, look, believe, believe your lion eyes, right? Oh, okay. this is real quick. So I had sent you, we talked about a month ago, this is for um, opal hydrogels, which I showed you in the patent. And again, the opal hydrogels are for tissue engineering, for regeneration, replacement, and improvement of functions of damaged tissue. So again, this rolls up into that master patent on MR, on, on Moderna. And I just want to skip to here um, where they did talk about EDTA potentially could work to slow down, I guess, the progression. It would absorb to it and remove it. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I really don't know what biological solutions we have. I think getting rid of the 5G is our best chance at saving humanity. But what they talk about is these are IOHs. That's what the, that, that's what um, the, the hydrogels are, which is organic and inorganic hydrogels. And so as you look those up, uh, this is a, another online publication. This is on fluorescent, inorganic, and organic hydrogels. Now keep in mind that there's a, a green fluorescent uh, insect uh, product that's in the vaccines. And there's also the luciferase, which is from um, a firefly in the Appalachian Mountains. And so these images match up with what the scientists are seeing underneath the, their microscopes. Uh -huh. just, yeah, and as you go through this, what's an organic and organic hybrid uh, um, a hydrogel? It is a semiconductor type quantum dot, nanoparticles, and you know, and then they say organic dyes. So this is again, and I talk about the emissions of quantum dots relates to a quantum confinement effect. Um, so they, again, it, these are, these are, these are quantum dots. That, that is what they are. This also rolls up into that master patent on the mRNA um, on Moderna. And it says these are for semiconducting single-walled carbon nanotubes, SWCNTs. They're single-walled carbon nanotubes. That's what they are. Uh, this, this, this is owned by a company in China. Again, it rolls up into the Moderna patent. These are what they are. This is what they look like. Stu Peters has had people on his show where he, he shows this is what they're seeing under the microscope. It, this is what you're injected with. Carbon nanotubes, quantum dot. Again, this is another one that talks about how they were able to uh, create a patent so that it could disperse without the throughout the body for biodistribution. Uh, and it says right here, you know, it's a uh, patent for preparing semiconductive and metallic nanoparticles throughout the body, dispersion. And as you go through this, it clearly states that they are semiconductive nanocrystals, also known as quantum dot. Mike, do you believe me that people have quantum dot in their body? Well, th through the injections. Yeah, through the injections. Yeah. yeah. At least well, through the injections. Yeah. yeah, they're being introduced. I'm, ju I'm just thinking, you know, clearly there is... There is a bigger goal in all of this, and you mentioned transhumanism, yeah. uh, it, it, and you mentioned you're calling these AI nanotechnology parasites or biosynthetic parasites right. of some kind. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like the human bodies are being used as hosts yeah. to incubate this next life form, which is an AI system. And what if, can, is it possible that these AI systems that are being built in people's bodies can talk to each other so there's a distributed network, like AI yeah. Distribution, like peer-to-peer -peer AI among the people who've been vaccinated? Yeah. Do you want me to go? That's that's the cloud mines technology, and it's also in the patent for all COVID-19 vaccines that was filed by Gail Elric out of Really? The yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, in other words, it's like hu human beings are like walking biological uh, AI computational infrastructure without knowing it, and there's, there's computation and communication happening using your biology without your conscious awareness that any of this is happening is, is, is that what we were lied to we we're lied to about everything so and and but the, again i want to tell people that if humanity unites and we wake up to what is going on the the lethality the functionality of this demonic technology appears to be contingent on 5g towers and, and you know so it's not just based on the the starlink and all the you know satellite systems it, it has to be on it has to be in our environment and it appears it has to be in our environment in our communities.
you know, so, so if we could rise up and wake people up, I think there's hope. The only hope is to, is to stop the 5G. And, you know, if people woke up, what should happen is the military should remove, you know, recall all these bioweapons and take down and take down the towers. Okay. But even if they did that now, you know, we're at over 12 and a half billion injections of these things globally, which is more than one per person on the planet. And in the United States, I don't know what the number is, but what, according to official estimates, more than 70% of the population has been injected, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So <laughs> even if we stop it now, what, what about the 70% who already have this? So um, let me see what's on here. Uh, well, we can go into it. So again, the functionality of this technology is based on 5G. And so it is based on the Bohr particle. So, you know, that's the observer effect and frequencies. So theoretically, if the frequencies aren't available, the technology theore theoretically would dissolve. I see. We just shut down the grid. Yeah. And I mean, then everything so goes null and void. Yeah, it, it, it almost disappears into the quantum field, right, when the frequencies aren't there. And then it reappears. I mean, there are people, though, obviously, for some of these people, these uh, AI uh, nanotech parasites have probably established enough of a presence in the body that um, they will no longer be as aggressive or, you know, um, towards the person, and it, but they won't just dissolve. But there's probably hope for some people that it would, um, you know, again, it's based on quantum mechanics and the Bohr particle. So... It, it, it comes into existence based on that frequency. It's, I don't wait. That's a whole like another. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, I know these biostructures are physical and they persist in the body and they kill people. But, but I'm saying the early stages of the activation, you they will the, the nanotechnology and and, and science. I said that it, it, like it seems like it appeared out of nowhere, right? Is is there anything in your research that points to why vaccinated people seem to become like they suffer personality changes? They yeah. become more aggressive. They lose their humanity or some of it in terms of their neurological function. Yeah, yeah. So that's explained by um, Dr. Um, or Professor James Giordano. Um, so uh, Professor James Giordano is the professor of neuroethics, which is an oxymoron, and neuroweapons. He joined, uh, he started with Obama in 2008. Uh, he, he was a strong advisor in launching the Brain Initiative. He's a U.S. military marine trained. He trains the West Point cadets and the U.S. Naval Academy, too. And he works with the CIA, DARPA, IRP, et cetera. Uh, and this is his organization, Homeland Defense and Security. Um, so you're talking about do people change, does it change their personalities? And absolutely it does. So um, he talks about neuro, um, neuroscience and neurotechnology here, or neurostimulation, or no neuroscience and neurotechnology uh, that it can be used for diagnostic treatments, uh, create human-machine networks. So that what you're saying, that's yeah. the one. Uh, uh, this, this is our top advisor, by the way, on, on uh, neuroweapons in the United States um, for optimized particular types and dimensions of performance of military and intelligence personnel. So th this is a, we're at war, our own government, which has been captured by an enemy. This is what's happening, and develop lethal and non-lethal weapons. Um, so, you know, uh, he, he explains basically up here is that uh, neurotoxins and neurotechnology, uh, you know, you know, is defined by uh, the Biological Toxic Weapons Convention and the Chemical Weapons Convention as, as weapons of mass destruction. But if we don't think of them that way, and um, we think of them more of like medical devices, then we, you know, have a lot of leeway. So that's basically what this says here. Um, so we don't have to worry about, you know, under, under health regulations, then we can do what we want. Wait a minute, you're saying that they can take basically neuroweapon systems and by relabeling them emergency use authorization, then they don't have to really disclose what they're doing? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they don't have to. And he, he talks about this here, and I can show you the FDA law that allows that to happen as well. So this, this explains why they had to have the media hype, the fear about the pandemic in order to justify the EUA yeah. Because it wasn't that they wanted to just skip the clinical trials for the vaccine. It's that they needed to package neurotechnology or neuro, 
neuro weapon systems under the EUA. That's the only way they could scoot them through. Yeah, and and under emergency use authorization, uh, if someone was injected with a neurotechnology device, if that was proprietary information under Section twenty one eight one four point nine for a pre market approval medical device, um, the pre market approval file. So what, what the F was submitted to the FDA. Uh, does not need to be disclosed if the information is not publicly available. So Bill Gates can keep his his uh, evil secret secret. That's why they needed the world to believe the FDA approval never happened. They did the FDA approval to get more to, to get more people to believe that the mandates um, were legal. But then they convinced the world it never happened because it changed the laws of war. And James Giordano knows that because when you read his documentation, you know he talks about how look under health under experimentation we can actually deploy military uh, weapons but this this weapon system that you're describing then yeah. has been deployed what worldwide or yeah, were there worldwide. different injections in Russia and China and Iran and so on versus western civilization well no no, no we, we know we, we know the, the vials there's different stuff in them but we don't know I don't know I mean I, I don't I'm not one I don't know what they put in all different ones but, no, but I mean in China were they injecting I don't think they were injecting Pfizer vaccines in China for example and didn't Russia have its own vaccines as well yeah, Russia had its own vaccines. So that, that could have been something completely different. That could have been more of a traditional, quote, vaccine. Yeah, could have been a flu And not even mRNA. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so to, to, it could have been, absolutely. So to get back to your thing, so the, the, a weapon is a, a way of um, contending against another to injure, defeat, or destroy. Oh, hold on. And what I wanted to get to was down here was where you're saying, can it change people's personalities? So um, what he's, this is, again, from Professor James Giordano, and what he states right here is that they can use the neuroweapon technology um, to selectively target the thoughts, sentiments, and actions of an individual, such as a political or military leader, to evoke a change in his or her ideas, emotions, and behaviors. Um, he also talks about that there are neuroactive drugs, toxins, that can be used at large scale to, to incur ripple effects uh, with groups, communities, or populations. Uh, so they can create sentinel cases, so key cases in communities of individuals who exhibit neuropsychiatric and physical signs and symptoms. Then they can attribute this to a terrorist attack um, and add misinformation um, and then create anxiety, sleeplessness, and paranoia. Wow, I mean, so they're saying they, they can use the corporate media to propagate the all these effects, effects. right, after yeah. just just targeting a few individuals who generate symptoms, and then the media amplifies that, and then people kind of make themselves sick, or more sick. Yeah, but, but yeah, but he also says that they can also cause the emotional instability, and they can target specific individuals as well. I see. But, yeah, so this is from Professor James Giordano, again, our top leader in neuroweapons in the United States military intelligence. Now, the, the, the odd thing about all of this, if yeah. we were just talking about the military developing weapons to, let's say, defend the United States against foreign enemies, that would be a completely different context than what we're talking about now, because from what you're providing here, it seems apparent that these weapons have been deployed against the American people. Yeah, they have. And, and so, against all of humanity, in, in essence. Yeah, yeah and, and then just to go back to the, um, the quantum dot and then to the Chinese military's involvement is... Um, this is from John Key, and he, you know, it's it's from 1919, and uh, uh, it's a military breaking defense publication. And they talk about nanotubes and quantum dots, and you know, uh, he, they talk about how they're developing them. And this is John Key. He, this is the guy. He's he's right. He's from China, and he's a um, and it's in the article, and he is based in South Carolina, uh, working for our U.S. Army on uh, on quantum dots, nanotubes, and and 5G. This is one of his projects. This massive 5G deployment. Um, and, you know, he, he talks about how they're going to re uh, reduce semiconductors. Now, quantum dot is, is 
beyond it's six nanometers, right? I mean, it's so tiny. So this is stuff that goes inside the body. Um, so to using um, carbon nanotubes and then the importance of needing the 5G networks to activate those carbon nanotubes and quantum dot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and this article just goes through this and then he talks about that there'll be commercial use of carbon nanotubes. Uh, he said maybe in five years, but don't quote me and kind of probably did some evil laugh. So this is from like 2019. They'd already been working on this for 10 years as you read through this article. But what's interesting too is he says, yeah, quantum dot is already sold in high-end quantum LED TV sets, right? And I just showed you what the quantum dot looks like from that peer-reviewed chemical journal, right? It is that those huge, bright, vibrant colors. And it says right here, it produces more vivid colors. So that's why people have these weird glowing things in their bodies that they're seeing underneath the electron, underneath the, the microscopes. Um, and, you know, he explains that this is the weird thing that when we activate it, because we're in the quantum mechanic field, things don't always go exactly as we hope, as we said, sometimes things, energy jumps and everything becomes unpredictable and fuzzy. So that doesn't sound good for humanity. Um, and then just so you know, um, like an LED television set, a smart device, things that use this quantum technology also meets the FDA's definition of a consumer electronic product. Just, just so you know. Right? So this is a very so, strange area. Yeah, these, these quantum dots, you know, according to quantum computing or qubits as they're known in quantum computing, the, um, the, these quantum bits can simultaneously hold values of zero and one. It's through superposition yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, you know, of the quantum effects that nobody really understands. Yeah, but, Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and even, even beyond, I mean, you know, they use quantum computing for decryption applications. Yeah. Um, but you're starting, I mean, if they're building AI biosynthetic substances in your body, you're talking about AI, and now you're talking about quantum dots. What if there are small quantum computing capabilities that are part of this package? Because earlier we were talking about how they were installing, what was it, primary structures? Which to me sounds like an operating system platform to receive future payloads or future instructions. I'm just taking a guess, but you know, my original background is in software tech. Okay, okay, yeah. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, so these are meant to act as um, independent operating systems that can host fields and send and receive signals. That's correct, yeah. Right, and, and I think some of these vaccine companies talk about how they're installing an operating system and then they can later uh, yeah. push basically updates, which is more software to your system to control what you're doing at a cellular level. Yeah, yeah, and they, and, they, and they will communicate with one another. And I'm going to get to that with the Chinese thing, but I, oh, I just wanted to finish with the Chinese company, sorry. Okay. I wanted to finish what John Key was saying. So he said there was a small business technology transfer grant, I don't know who AR, ARO is, um, for the research on the quantum dots. And, he, and, and um, he, they talked about integrating many circuits together to build actual equipment. And so the way that um, John Key answered this was that he's like, well, look, ARO is just one piece of the research. Um, so that's where this, so he's like, I don't do that. I just do the scientific research. But when it goes to ARO, that's where it becomes part of combat capabilities development. So this is meant for, this is a weapon of warfare. The quantum dot system, creating networks within our bodies, within humans, to the 5G, uh, to the satellite system. This is a combat operation. Well, what would be the real world application of this in combat? I mean, what, what do they do? Inject soldiers with this and then send the soldiers out there and then like aliens come out of their chest? Or what, you know, what, what, what are we talking about here? Well, sounds I, think, like, I think this is an execution platform is what it is. And so... You know, it's an execution platform. Okay, so they're not building super soldiers; they're just exterminating humans. Uh, they, well, the super soldiers—they are building super soldiers, but they're not. I don't; those aren't human super soldiers. Those are AI soldiers, and so those are the cloud mine soldiers. I can—I'll get to that real quick, just to I'll just wrap this one up. Okay. So this explains great. that the quantum dots are um, uh, no more than six nanometers, so they fit inside a nanotube. So the those nanotubes within the lipid nanoparticles contain the, the quantum. The dots. Oh, and then this is the world patent for all COVID-19 vaccines. It was filed by Gail Elric, um, and he's based in Israel and somewhere in the United States. Yeah, Elric, his last name is right here. Elric. 
It's Ehrlich. like the same as Paul Ehrlich, the depopulation pusher from the 1970s. Oh, what a coincidence. Yeah. What a coincidence, leading cause of death. Anyway, so, yeah, so this talks about the methods for vaccination for privacy, but as you can see, it's under skin technology. They actually talk about it being a smart technology, and these are networks of people connected to one another. Um, Whoa. Yeah, and that and that the electronic devices will exchange people's IDs. The electronic devices are not your cell phone. The electronic devices are under are in your system. So that's that's what it's that's what. Wait a are. second. Wait a second. Yeah. There's the patent number at the top of that. Can you go back to the previous page, please? Yeah, so I want to show you the part where it says it's for all COVID nineteen vaccines. Okay, so hold on. So this this page and then the page you just showed us are the same patent, correct? Yeah, they're the same patent. So here, let oh. me be clear though. So okay. this is the patent application. So I like the patent applications because it's easier for me to navigate. This patent was actually granted on August 31st of 2021. It's okay. Everything is exactly the same. So you can search this patent. It was granted on August uh, August 31st, 2021. Got this it. This was the submission from March. Okay. But they're, they're the same. This is just, it's easy for easier for me to go through this version of it um, because of the way that they break it up. So as you go through this, whether it's this version or the one from August, it, it states... It's easy for me because in the, the application, they give sections. Section 0352, it says the vaccines are all compounds as disclosed on the website of the World Health Organization um, website. Oh, of COVID-19 candidate vaccines. Can, can, can you do me a favor? Go back to the title for this. I want to search for that and bring it up so I can link to it when I when I cover yeah. this interview. Um, how do, let's see. Oh, methods and systems. Gosh. Yeah, and it's, really, it's actually not. It's pretty easy to understand because there's a lot of cartoons. Okay. Is yeah. this something... Can you just give me the final patent number or? Yeah, is, yeah. It's, it's US 2021. Zero, oh, the final patent number. Uh, yeah. Look, let me, hold on. Just okay. Because I want, I want to bring out the final issued okay, patent. Final patent to that. Number, I have it right here. The okay, final cool. patent number is US 11107588B2. Okay. And it was printed on August 31st. Okay. I see methods. Yeah, let me bring it up here. Yeah, methods and systems of prioritizing. Yeah, this is it. Okay, great. Got it. Yeah, so there's something, I didn't do a screenshot of it, but there's another section in this patent. So um, the version you have would be column 47. I don't know if you have it in front of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, so it says also, so I just showed you the, the part where it said that it was for all the COVID-19 vaccines on the World Health Organization. If you continue to read the patent, it says in some embodiments, Vaccines are all compounds as disclosed on the website clinicaltrials.gov, COVID-19. So that would be all um, tests, all products, all drugs, PCR tests that are listed on uh, clinicaltrials.gov for COVID-19. So anything that's used for COVID-19 can have this um, smart technology in it. Well, I see also in the patent it says in some embodiments, said virus is SARS-CoV-2, MERS-CoV, SARS-CoV, coronavirus, influenza virus, and any disease that results in influenza-like symptoms. Wow. Yeah, the, the patent also says that people um, may have no symptoms at all uh, and not realize that they need a vaccine. Okay. Yeah, so this is, a, this is a real dizzy to read, but I think what's important to note is that it's all World Health Organization COVID-19 vaccines, and in the United States, in addition to that, it's all products that are used for COVID-19 that are listed on clinicaltrials.gov, and the patent also mentions that azithromycin and zinc can also deliver this technology. But I, I, I want to ask for clarity on this because this patent makes a lot of mentions about electronic devices, but you're saying it also applies to biosynthetic circuits that are communicating within the people. Because you can see it in the, in, you can see it in the patent that the devices, these are smart devices. Again, the definition of a neuroweapon, uh, uh, an emergency use medical uh, neurotechnology and a consumer smart device they all meet the criteria of all three, depending on who you ask. Okay. 
All right, this is wild. Well, I'll, I will, I'll link to this when covering this interview, but yeah. go, go ahead. I mean, we, we've got about 10 minutes remaining. What so else do you want to get in here? Yeah, so this is considered a smart device. So, it, so he, they, they think of it as a cell phone. That, that's what they're, it's a self, it's just a nano cell phone under your skin that you were injected with and no one told you. That's what it is, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to get to CloudMinds. So CloudMinds is a company based out of China, and they have a whole AI technology, and their technology that they're launching right now, and I don't know if it's available in the United States, uh, their plan was to launch it in 2022, is, is called the 5G New Species Cloud Robot. So they've created their new species uh, and their whole family there. Um, one of the things that I thought was alarming is they do have this nanotechnology that um, puts out aerosol, you know, microorganisms, lipid nanoparticles for pandemics, and, you know, guess what? Humans are the virus. Um, but, you know, it talks about that they, they have a secure cloud-based intelligence service for the robots and smart devices through artificial intelligence enhanced by human intelligence. So, again, we're here to enhance the robots. That's, it's not right. the other way around. Um, they talk about the 5G and blockchain um, authentic authentication techniques that they need. I know blockchain is also, you know, it's used for identity purposes. It's used for cryptocurrency. I don't know why the robots need money and their own ID. Um, they talk about creating the digital twin reality. So, you know, um, that's taking everything that artificial intelligence learned about a human and, and then creating a robot that reflects that, that kind of human. But, um, and they also talk about the standard controller for robots to connect to the cloud brain efficiently. So they, they all will be connected to one brain. And, you know, this technology has been injected in people's body. You know, it seems like ideally what they want is for the humans also to have our neurological systems connected to this AI brain, right? Oh, wow. And from that, you'll get your orders. I know this sounds crazy. This is just a zoom in of that. So this is their SEC filing from 2019. And, and they talk about the importance of 5G. Again, this is where I think there is hope if we want to save humanity. Um, and it, they say that the data transmission rate and latency, so delays, um, determine whether or not the real-time monitoring and controlling can be achieved, you know, of the robots and the exchange of information. And they say the broad application of 5G network will significantly decrease delays and increase the bandwidth, benefiting the robot systems by increasing their stability and exchange of information, enabling the robots to be more interactive through real-time connection and transfer of huge amounts of data from the cloud. So 5G is not for us. 5G is for these robots. 5G will be used to help enslave and exterminate us while it is empowering and energizing the robots. This is their SEC filing from 2019. Yeah. And they go on to say that, you know, they plan on deploying in South Korea and the United States because we have the most 5G towers. And they were, you know, very psychic in knowing that by 2022, the whole 5G deployment would be up, right? Because what so happened- So this is going to give the robots the bandwidth they need for real-time video monitoring and surveillance of you and your family members, everything in your, in your house, but also so that the decision-making of the robots is handled in the AI cloud, right? Yeah. And that's where, I mean, this is, wasn't wasn't this a Will Smith movie called iRobot, where the, all, all the robots yeah. went bad and they started murdering people? Yeah, and, and Google just announced like three weeks ago uh, a new API. It's like called Tensor or something or other. It's like Python, C++. So the fact is they can just use this API that is like a virtual user face that can actually extract terabytes of information, but without having to disrupt the entire data system and then send it back. That's a whole other story. So it's all in place. Again, it's contingent on the 5G. But okay. so, if you don't, so if you don't believe me that this is a military operation and a threat, um, I just want to get to this real quick. This is uh, from our Industry of Security and Bureau, and they are uh, our Commerce Federal Department for National Security. And they list 24 enti entities um, that are acting contrary to the national security of foreign policy interests. Um, again, you can see who they are right here. Um, their, their job is regards um, trade. So, you know, international products and trades coming in out of the country that are a threat to national security. Uh, they determined that cloud mine technology, that's what I just showed you, um, uh, that the end user review committee determined uh, that these entities pose a significant risk of becoming involved in activities because their commodities and technologies are their end uses for Chinese military operations. Right. 
So, so what we have done in the last two years, Mike, is we put up the 5G towers, we've injected people with nanotechnology. Now we're going to be told that there's these AI technologies and robots for our benefit, and they are uh, an, an enemy AI military force that are being sent in here to execute American civilians. And, and we built it. It's like we built, we built their it. super weapon. Yeah, we built it. And then all they have to do is activate it. Yeah. So when they declared the whole, you know, to shut down the nation and COVID-19 was a threat to national security and all the Americans put themselves on house arrest, I would argue that if we actually had been invaded in March of 2020, by, let's say, the People's Liberation Army, they would have used military forces to ensure we stayed in our homes on house arrest while they put up the um, military infrastructure needed to execute us, while they imported uh, bio, why they imported bioweapons as well, and why they built uh, why they built prison and war camps to put the civilians in. So, you know, why the, like if we had been invaded at that time, you know, if Americans would have would have rebelled, but if we had stayed on house arrest, then an enemy of America could have built war camps, could have imported bioweapons or weapons, and could have put up their military infrastructure to execute us. Now, Judicial Watch has acquired 249 pages from HHS. Mm -hmm. The detail, this, this is breaking news, the detail, the massive propaganda campaign to use that, basically the entire entertainment uh, you know, infrastructure of America to push these vaccines. I mean, we're talking about they were doing every movie, TV show, podcaster, everything possible, uh, comedians and so on to push. They were even trying to get vaccine pushers on with Joe Rogan and, and so on. And this this massive document dump has come out, and it shows how desperate they were to make sure that everybody got injected. And you know, it's so desperate that you know this wasn't about saving lives or reducing suffering. There was some other agenda, and I think you're you're describing what that is. The agenda was to make sure everybody got installed with with this tech. Yeah, and what's scary is if the, you know when the five G towers, you know, they grow frequencies. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to some people. But our greatest our greatest help or hope to save humanity is to get those towers taken down. And I think you still don't believe me when Merrick Garland said that people who speak out at, uh, you know, school boards or about COVID-19 on February 7th, 2022 were domestic terrorists. He also said that people who say that uh, 5G towers are, are a health threat are terrorists. Well, are you familiar with, um, I think his, I'm not sure what his first name is, Mr. Callender, who's talked about the broadcast frequencies that, that would be, well, broadcast from the 5G towers, it'd be, I don't know, three frequencies and it would be the kill switch and it would activate the actual kill mechanism of those who are previously vaccinated. Are you familiar with him saying that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. But, um, you know, the, the, the technology, I mean, so people have um, electromagnetic uh, receivers in their body. So, um, and, and they've infiltrated major systems of their body, including their neurological system and, and their brain. So, you know, it's, it's, and, and it's very clear by the military documents and the patents and the clinical studies that, yes, you can send out a frequency that would, um, that would, lead, that would cause death. And I mean, James Jordan talks about that too. Okay, so what would you, as, as we're kind of approaching the end of this interview, but obviously we've got to have you back on to talk about more, but yeah. what would you say to somebody who's skeptical of everything they just heard and saying, no, that, that, that's crazy. No, this is just a vaccine. It's just a virus. It's just a, uh, you know, an outbreak and, and health and human services is all good. And these patents don't mean anything. It's just theory. What would you say to that? Um, I, I think people have to take a look at uh, history. You know, and uh, that was part of what my substack was because we're all baffled at how so many people, innocent people, were executed in the war camps, right? But you have to keep in mind that they had, in the 20th century, I think we've talked it now, they had the most evil, malfeasant propaganda, psychological warfare unleashed on them. And they were told that, you know, they were a threat. They had viruses. And then they were told they were going to war camps. Uh, they were not told that their government, uh, that they were prisoners of, of their own government and prisoners of war and that they were being executed. And their government had also... Um, the SS 
had provided um, financial incentives as well as this kind of celebrity um, status for those people who got on board and voluntarily um, murdered other innocent people. That is what happened, and that's what's happening now. So the financial incentives that are given to healthcare providers, political leaders, local leaders, you know, um, people, unfortunately, Mike, they don't serve God. People do, they serve money, and they pretend that they're serving people. But people, people do not serve God, and, and so they're not able to see the truth. And 2 Thessalonians 2 says, those that will perish were because they were not lovers of the truth. And one of the lawless ones will come in with all types of deceptions and lies because they don't love the truth. And and I think if you took, you know, if you could go back and go, well, why why did this happen in Europe, you know, during World War II? It was because because everyone was being lied to by their government, and their government was incentivizing local leaders and influencers to carry out their plans. And and people went along with it with incredible obedience. And this is what disturbs me today about observing humanity's response to COVID and vaccines and so on. It's crazy that even right now, I saw a survey, 49% of Americans still plan to take the flu shot this, this coming winter. Now, of course, the establishment is disappointed because they, they hope that number would be 70%. It's only 49%. But you and I, I'm thinking one out of two people still want to commit suicide with vaccines. Yeah. How, how can that be after the last two years? Again, well, think, again, you have to look at history, and I know people don't like them giving analogies to the Holocaust, but they were they were told that the, the, when they were being brought in as prisoners of war, they were told they were going to a work camp or a quarantine camp, you know, for safety or yeah. health prevention. When, when their children and people were being put into gas chambers, they were told the gas chambers were showers. Okay, they, there was a sign over Auschwitz that said "Work sets you free." They so, <laughs> Jeez, that's yeah. pure evil. What else is pure evil? COVID nineteen will protect you and your loved ones. The vaccine, vaccine, right. COVID-19 vaccines will protect you and your loved ones. Right. 100% safe and effective. Uh, Yeah, it's the same. It's the same propaganda. It's the same demonic, evil, um, you know, consciousness that that is out to destroy humanity and play God. And this is truly a spiritual warfare. And I'm very um, saddened that, you know, I've had this information, much of it for 20 months. And I've been very, I've been, there's been no grayer. I've always called these bioweapons, weapons of mass, you know, that can cause, you know, can only cause disease, disabilities, and death. And somehow or another, in our movement, um, you know, and this is how evil works. People got convinced about, oh, you can't tell the people the truth about the bioweapons. That's too scary. We need to focus on choice and that it's not safe from others. I can tell you, Mike, that that messaging did not come from God. Yeah. It came from evil. You know, that's a really good point. There are people even who oppose vaccines who just won't go where we've gone tonight yeah. to talk about this kind of thing. I mean, I see it too. There's a lot of self-censorship. There's a lot of defensiveness. And by the way, uh, I've had I've had some people refuse to be on with me because of somebody else I interviewed. So they would say, no, I can't come on your show because you interviewed this other person. And, <laughs> right, which is crazy. That's, instead of, that's so childish and immature and unprofessional. It's ridiculous. I don't know where these people ever worked, but they never had, they were never corrected about anything they ever stated or did. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. And when someone makes a mistake, if you are a lover of the truth and honesty in God you, and you get corrected, you go, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, you know, or, or you or, or you disagree with someone, you sit down as two professionals and you, and you debate it. That's what you do. This yeah, is, this, right. But my point is, though, I think people are good people. I think I do believe that Second Thessalonians, there's this great delusion has been brought on to humanity. And, and I would say like 99.9% of people, there's very few people that that understand that this is a bioweapon and are, are willing to state it. And I wish they would, because if, if, if people don't, people do not believe people with evidence, they believe people with credibility, right? And so, you know, we are, you know, Mike, you, I mean, you're, you're much more credible than I am, but, you know, there are powerful, very influential doctors and scientists and mRNA experts and celebrities where if they told people what was going on, they would wake up. 
because again, people don't believe evidence. They believe people. And when people are very credible, like certain people in our movement, everyone says trust, but verify. That's a misnomer because when you have enough credibility, people trust you. I don't have enough credibility. I'm okay with that. So the, the, the expression should be believe, but verify. But when someone of great influence says something that is blatantly false or misleading, nobody checks it and they trust them and they believe it like it was the truth. Well, and you're right. And the masses who aren't even tuned in to any of this, the, the great masses, they trust celebrities. They trust whatever the Kardashians uh, plug on Twitter. And that's it. That's their source of information. And most of those people already took the vaccine, the quote but vaccine. Think, think about how many other people on our side, you know, and I'm not going to name names, and even political figures, current and former, who will not tell people the truth that these are bioweapons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one in particular who used to be in the Oval Office. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. There's, there's no, this concept of we can't tell, pe we can't tell people the truth, it, it'll paralyze them. It's too scary. That is not, that, that message is not from the truth and it's not from God. It is, it is a demonic message. Before Satan can destroy, he must deceive. He wants you to be dishonest and to go along with his narrative. And the concept too, you know, that on our movement, you know, I couldn't boldly come out and say that these are bioweapons. When the FDA approval happened, they broke the law. We need to change our strategy. And everyone's like, she's not a team player. Well, I'm like, well, you're, but, but everyone is in agreement with a messaging and a movement that's, that's, that is actually futile if our goal is to stop the destruction of humanity. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. That's why I appreciate your courage. And that's why I, I'd love to have these conversations with you. I don't censor anything. And I know I had, you don't. You've been amazing. I, uh, yeah, I, I, was follow, I was a fan of yours, a follower of yours before I ever interviewed well, you. Well, let me share with you and also with our audience here. I'll go ahead and make this public. But I've had pro-life people contact me and say, hey, Mike, you got to tone down your anti-abortion talk because the way we're going to win this, they say, it's like, the way we're going to win this is we're going to say that only third trimester abortion is wrong, but we're not going to talk about the other two trimesters. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not playing politics here. I'm trying to save human lives. And those lives matter from the moment of conception, period. So, I mean, even in abortion, I get the same kind of energy from some folks who want to play the middle ground. There's no yeah, room for well, middle what's ground. Sad, what's sad is the church played the middle ground too. So I notified my church and some other churches very early on before anyone knew who I was. And I provided them the documentation and the patents. And this was in May of last year, Mike. And I, I was very, these are my words exactly. I said the church needs to come out and say, make a statement. I can verify all of it saying that uh, they do not support another American being injected with a COVID-19 vaccine because of the risk. But what I also said is like, how can the church say that they are pro-life when they know uh, when a pregnant woman gets injected with this vaccine, this technology will murder the baby within her, within her womb, rip, her, rip the baby from her womb and leave her barren. How can you not make a stand? And everything I said in that letter of May last year has come true. I said, I said yep. millions of people are going to die. Parents are going to think parents are going to have an unbelievable burden on their souls because they think they think they're going to be encouraging their children to do something good when they were sacrificing them to evil. And yep. and and women who want to be mothers are going to have their babies ripped from their wombs and left barren. And well, everything listen, I said has come true. So 100%. don't yeah, but I'm just saying we need to love the truth and not love this world. I, I mean, just I got to bring in this from from the HHS propaganda that yeah. came out via judicial watch. Check this out. This was in their document. They wanted to, quote, request a vaccination special on the Christian broadcasting network featuring evangelical leaders, you know, who are willing to push the vaccine. And then another one was, here it is, produce a HHS question and answer videos featuring local black doctors discussing the vaccines, how they work and why the public should get vaccinated. So they're going after Christians and blacks. Yeah. I mean, they're specific. That, those are their targets right here. And you know why? Because black folks 
rejected this more than anybody else because they knew the history of Tuskegee and Christians rejected it for lots of reasons we talked about. So they're, they're, they're targeting specific ethnicities and religious beliefs. And, and, it, and it comes back to what I just talked about, which is credibility. They're going to people in the local communities who have credibility. When you have credibility, people trust you. The whole concept trust but verify is a misnomer. When people trust you, you can blatantly lie to them and they will believe you. And I'm not saying everyone's intentionally lying. I think many people have been misled. And they, you know, they, they thought, okay, they believe this weird lie that telling people the, the truth would, would be harmful to them. And that going along with the, this, this, some of the lie would be beneficial. It just, it's, it's very, it, it's, it's very strange. And it's, it's, I, you know, and I think it, again, people, people, people are, are lovers of money in this world, you know? I mean, that, that's yeah, what crazy. it is. It's nuts. You know, it is. It's I'm, nuts. Where I'm very it, disappointed. Like, love God and serve people, you know? And yeah. I think, yeah. And people kind of love them, you know, love money and serve themselves. Well, hey, I mean, the way this is going, there might be a day that we wake up and we walk outside and it's like, whoa, 70% of the people just dropped dead or lost their minds or something. Yeah, but it's not going to be good for us because there's an AI technology, a military force from China that's going to teach Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I know it's not going to be good. No, I, I don't want anybody to die. Oh, no, I don't know what I'm saying. It's not going to be good for... I know the whole thing is going to be so... I mean, it's... Um, the whole, it's not good for, I know it's not good for anybody, but the whole thing is, you know, it, I, I understood what happened I, when I read the te technology, I understood how demonic this was. I, I knew what was, what would happen if people didn't know the truth, which is, you know, the, it, we, we would be living on hell on earth. And, and there is, my point is that there's hope, Mike, if, if, if humanity would wake up, if, if Americans would unite, if our military would recognize what they were doing and remember their oath, this could be stopped because you know, you might think it's gone too far. And I had thought that until I did some more research and it, it appears that these 5G towers are necessary for the, the final execution. Yeah, but, but there's so much money and in industry, all of big tech wants 5G, all of robotics and the surveillance state needs 5G for the real-time video monitoring and communications yeah. for the reason. So there's no way that the, it would happen. Even, even the consumer, they want fast YouTube videos, right? Fast online shopping experiences or whatever. Amazon, they want five G. But you want your, I mean, you, I mean, you want your kids to go to school for free too. But then if someone said, okay, a guy came in as a plumber and put in pipe bombs, you don't say, oh, keep them in school. I still want them. You send in a SWAT team to get rid of the pipe bombs. I don't. I understand what you're saying. It would have to be a military operation. We're at war. Those five G towers are military grade technologies meant to injure and execute American civilians. Um, it would, you know, these injections are bio or neurobiological weapons. Well, I don't, I don't think the towers are ever coming down. And, and of course, the media just says it's all a conspiracy theory to even talk about 5G being anything other than utopia. But I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you know, technology without ethics is hell on earth. And that's yeah. what this is. Runaway tech. They're, they're building it because they can, not thinking about whether they should. It, so, yeah. So our, our, our love of technology will be to the extinction of our species. Well, there you go. Well, there now you wake up. I want. I have to have. I'm going to keep praying. I just am crying out to God. Well, no, I'm glad you're praying because I think that's the only way this gets solved. By the way, is the return of Christ and the defeat of satanic evil. I don't think humanity can solve this problem. There's just not enough willingness. People are just not awake enough, or not. I don't know. You know what? But Mike, if we could, if people could just speak. I mean, why can't we get more people telling the truth? Why can't you know? I mean, if Joe Rogan said the 5G towers were bad and this is what's happening, it would start to wake people up. Yeah, well, my my view is we, we we can't depend on 
Joe Rogan or other influencers. We need every distributed individual citizen to be sharing the truth, no matter if they're rich or poor or big or small. Right. I agree. I, agree. I just, it would be, you know, it, it, if, if all of us had the same goal, like if it, like, so first thing I always ask my clients is what do you want to accomplish? So if the Patriots all had the same goal and we all said, what we want to accomplish is we want to save America and humanity. Then I would tell them, okay, here's your messaging. And here's the, here's the data to verify your messaging, um, which is that the only way to save humanity is really to let people know the dangers of the 5G technology on this advanced nanotechnology that people have been inoculated with, you know, or exposed to in other ways. The only way to save humanity is what I would tell people if that's what their goal is. I don't, so if they have a different goal, I, then, then they would have different messaging. So if the goal is I still want to go on Fox News and I want to be cool and I want to do this and I don't want to, you know, then, then there's nothing we can do. But I'm hoping that there's some people that have a lot of influence and credentials that will tell Americans the truth. And I, and I agree with you. We need to talk locally in our communities, anyone that will listen, anyone that will be willing to hear the truth as well. Well, all right. So folks, the website is karenkingston.substack.com if you want to help share this information. And Karen, um, I know you're going to post a lot of this coming up here sometime today. And, you know, folks, you can also share this interview. Feel free to repost it on your own channel or other platforms. Uh, you'll find it, of course, on brighttown.com, my platform. And we'll have Karen back to cover more of this, uh, assuming, you know, the apocalypse doesn't happen first. But we'll, who knows where this is going? I, I don't even know that we're going to be online much longer, given, you know, the state of things. But we'll, we'll warn as many people for as long as we can. So thank you, Karen. Yeah, thank you. So this is a really good interview that I hope that you got a lot out of it. But one of the things that I wanted to mention was that, you know, the one of the treatment that the governments would not allow was ivermectin. And I think, because ivermectin is a drug that traditionally would have been used for parasites and bugs of that nature, but it turned out, you know, it's also pretty effective for influenza stuff, too, because I've tried it. And within an hour, you know, if you had any cold-like symptoms or flu-like symptoms, within an hour, you're going to feel so much better. So, but I was thinking because, you know, she said a lot about nanotechnology and that's uh, synthetic parasite-type technology that's being embedded into these vaccines, and perhaps that's the reason why the government didn't allow ivermectin. So I was thinking, you know, for anyone who's gotten these shots and the, the nose swabs tests, it should be pretty good to, like, try ivermectin. It's safe. It doesn't harm. You know, like, it's been proven. It's been around for a long, long time, uh, assuming that they haven't tainted this in the market now but if you could get even like the horse paste uh that has a you know this trusted brand and if you take it like every a little bit of it every three months you know that'll interfere with whatever parasitic stuff that they could have put in there i mean it's not only going to protect you from like getting sick from influenza like you know, illness, but I think it might actually destroy what the nanoparticles are building inside of your body because it probably interferes with that. I mean, it's not like it's plastic that's growing in people's body. It's biology. It's organic. 
I don't know why people say it's non-organic because it's not. It, it, the only thing that can grow in biology, you know, life forms is more biology. It's not going to generate plastic structures or metal structures. It's all organic biology, but it's they probably put a lot of stuff with the mRNA coding to splice it with God knows what. You know, we have no idea what coding that they put in there. Dr. Artis had a theory that it was snake venom and potentially the mRNA of snake venom enzymes. And, you know, watching the videos of Dr. Enby from Switzerland, he was saying that there are particles, what he saw in the blood tests, were a lot of little tiny particles that shouldn't be there, and that with the right conditions, they would grow. That's like directly from Dr. Enby. And I did email him to see if he would do a podcast, but haven't gotten a response yet. So when I saw the these uh, blood clots, so-called blood clots, you know, these rubbery things that they pulled out of people's bodies, and taking that with what Dr. Artis said, what Dr. Enby said, and even Dr. Monsignor, he, I think he died, or Montagnier, and all the stuff, you know, putting together, like the connecting the dots from all these different doctors, they weren't wrong. They just saw a different view of what they observed and researched on their own. So I came across this article that was just talking about a dead snake that somebody found. Uh, it was like rubbery and they wanted to do some taxidermy on the snake or something. Uh, it was actually a dead cobra. And he was asking for instructions online. And one of the things he, uh, somebody mentioned was you can rehydrate this dried snake that's been charred and dried for over a month, dead over, like, you know, for a couple of months. So he did try that to do that and get it, you know, after putting it in whatever solution water, uh, it turned into a softer, rubbery-like uh, flesh. And this reminded me and looked just like what they pulled out of people's body was this rubbery, uh, like, long, scaly-looking thing. And so I put together, you know, what Mike Adams had done, his own, uh, like, he did his own experiment to show what these rubbery clots look like. And he had one of the images that showed like it was like snaky-like skin structure wire. Um, so I was thinking, you know, perhaps that they put this mRNA coating of the snake enzymes, which is actually growing, and the particles that Dr. Ebby said is actually growing snake flesh. So it's not inorganic, it's actually organic, but it's embedding or infusing an animal flesh into the human, and it's using, you know, the blood supply has all the nutrients, so it's using all the nutrients from the blood, and these particles started germinating and started growing. So that's my theory. Uh, you know, I try to reach out to Mike Adams and 
talk to artists about it, but they didn't want to respond to that. That's fine. But I, you know, I'm a very good dot connector and, you know, observing what different doctors have said and when I found this article about the snake rubbery flesh after it's been dead and charred and what it looked like, it looked and felt just like how they described it. So I'm sticking with my theory that that's what it is, that they monkeyed around with uh, snake venom. That's why I had Dr. Artis on because he was, I think he was right about that, you know, everything that he said. So connecting that with all the observations of what people's been sick with, including the sudden adult death syndrome that they just made up because people are just dropping dead. Um, so that could have been activated snake venom because that's actually how it uh, looks. If you look at like uh, when a snake bites cobra like an animal the animal has the same type of reaction and like the sudden death you know after so many minutes so that could have been like something that got triggered to venom like especially if they're producing more of these snake enzymes on their own after they've been injected so that means once it's already you know replicating in your body then at any point it could turn into that poisonous, and that's how they're dying uh, very quickly. But with this podcast, so this is a new dot that I'm connecting, because what she's really saying is that these are all bioweapons connected to the AI, which I already knew that that's what they were trying to do, um, you know, because, you know, from the AI it needs data. It needs data to be able to connect to all human beings in order, you know, the eventual goal is, of course, to use the AI system to control hum uh, all humanity. But I don't think they're there yet. This is all like the first level, you know, grand bell of telephones uh, before it got to the cell phone stage. So this is very early technology that they deployed. They want to be able to feed the AI system all you know, what's happening inside the body. And perhaps they, you know, they are going to be using the 5G to relay that message back and forth between the AI servers into the human. So that's why all the smart cities will eventually be grid with all the AI uh, Wi-Fi stuff. And it's probably even going to be offered for free. So that way they can, I think Wi-Fi will be eventually would be one utility that they're going to try to make free because they want to make sure everybody will have it and they can access and monitor everybody in the smart city zones. So that's technology for sure is what's what she was describing. She's uh, spot on with all her research and stuff. So I agree with everything that she said. And the only caveat that I would say that you know, why didn't they deploy this all at once? I don't think it's going to be as deadly as what these guys envision it. Because one, I believe that God would not allow this to happen this way. Because the mark of the beast is supposed to be voluntary choice to accept Satan or accept God. That was, and they were well knowing, they're going to know what they're going to be getting into. To deny God, to deny Christ. So all human beings are going to be put through that test. This has been 
you know, on the stealth. It's been forced. It's and only through individual people they're finding out and disclosing the truth. So this is now how God has talked about the end times and the revelation and all this other stuff. And particularly God has said, you know, Christ will have to come back because no flesh will be saved. So it'll be almost like if he doesn't come back, all flesh would die. So that means it is an extermination event of all humanity and all life. So this looks like it could be that event, you know, if they implanted some, something in everybody that they can just push the lever and then all flesh people will start dying in the millions and billions. I do think they have the control to do that, but I don't think they need to do it all at once because, you know, there are several objectives by different people. With her uh, research and data, they want to connect the AI system. They want to be able to monitor people. And then the other agenda, of course, is depopulation. But the depopulation doesn't have to happen all at once. So they could just push the trigger, you know, for 10% of the population to die every year around the world randomly. And people will never know what the cause of death would be because it's not like it, it could be five years from now. Or it could be every year slowly where nobody will notice except it'll just look like normal death. Perhaps, you know, a little bit higher like the insurance companies, you know, they point out like, oh, there's a 40% increase in all deaths and so forth. And in babies, you know, 2,000% more babies are dying for the mothers who took the shots and so forth. But if they have this, you know, technology of bio-warfare where they can embed something, bioweapon inside people's body, and then through 5G, they can just push the lever to deactivate or, or deploy poisons, you know, in the body for 10 to 20% of the population or a particular region that they want to get rid of, or if they're at warfare with a particular country and they all took it, then they could just, you know, use the computer and snap without actually having real warfare anymore. They don't need combat warfare. All they have to do is deploy it uh, with the computer for your own body to self-destruct. So I think that's actually more plausible scenario that they can pick and choose how much of uh, all humanity is going to die in a particular year because they're not going to do it 100%. They're not even going to do it 50% because that'll be too noticeable to go after and dismantle all the structures. And one of the things that Revelation points out in chapter 11, that the warfare is not against all humanity. The warfare is against the saints, the Christians, the believers. And when the time comes for three and a half years, the two witnesses particularly and it's described as olive trees and, and lampstand to mean two branches of believers, the, the, the Israelites, the Jews, and the Christians. You know, the olive tree uh, is supposed to represent the Jews, and then the lampstand is to represent the church. So these two groups of people, which it could be groups, it could be two individuals, either way, They've been given power during the three and a half years 
to stop all the rain, cause as much plagues as they want, much like what was happening in the day of Moses to cause all the ten plagues against Egypt when the Pharaoh refused to let the people go, the two witnesses in the end times are similarly have powers to cause weather warfare and plagues. And, you know, so at the end, when the beast is, you know, the, the, no one can kill them until the very end when the beast and the Antichrist are allowed to overcome the two witnesses, they die. And then three and a half days, people are watching them dead in the streets of Jerusalem. So that means multimedia everywhere is posted that these guys are finally dead, you know, because they've been causing so much uh, heartache for all people around the world through weather, weather warfare and through plagues because they didn't want to repent. So they've been sending the message to the world, repent or else, repent or else. And, of course, nobody does. And so the whole world is after these two witnesses. And then finally... When they're overcome, they're dead bodies, everybody gets to see it, and then God puts breath back into their lives and puts, you know, he, it says uh, breath of spirit, God's spirit, back into the two witnesses. So they come alive, and then it says, come hither. So then after people see them come alive, then they're raptured up to God. So that could be the rapture, what people talk about. You know, if those end-time Christians that are the witnesses that for God, and in the end, you know, after they go through all the trial, that God takes them up. But what was the interesting and the point of this story was that after this was done, after the two witnesses were killed, they sent gifts to each other. They were all partying, and they sent gifts. So that means the infrastructure is still in place, and... This is happening worldwide, and there's plenty of people. You know, it's not going to be depopulated down to 100,000 or 500,000. There's still millions and millions of people around the world, and if they send gifts to each other, that means people are still making things and people are still shipping things. So, you know, there's a threat of, like, war and rumors of war, including nuclear war now, with everything that's been happening with Putin in Ukraine and potential threats of, you know, launching nuclear weapons all over the world or the U.S., let's say. Um, I don't think that's going to really materialize because it doesn't make any sense of how the book of Revelation plays out of the wicked taking the mark, accepting the system, the beast system, worshiping the beast, and then sending gifts to each other after they got rid of all the saints. So the war, the whole Bible really talks about the war against the believers. It doesn't go into all the wicked of the earth and what they're doing. It's not their salvation. It's our salvation to, you know, to all those that believe and that we trust God and we accept him over the world. So the world is continuing going to do its thing. So I don't think it's going to be destroyed as people want to make out those scenarios. I don't think the whole humanity is going to be wiped out with 5G. I don't think 
the extent of what they put inside of these bodies, you know, they have 100% intent to do everything what this lady has says and what all the other doctors have said, 100%. But I think the plan is going not to materialize as they hope because they're at the very early stages of this technology. They never experimented it worldwide on all humanity. And they have no real-time data to show, like, you know, how the body would react, expel this stuff that would interfere with their AI connection to the human body. I think that will have to take time and much more development, and we're just the very first generation, the very first human beings that been exposed to all this mass experimentation all at once with technology. So in the next 10 years, I think it'll become very visible. By 2030, it'll be very visible how far they were able to do this and whether they succeeded at what they were trying to do or not. Because even if they tried to only randomly kill off 10 or 20% of the population every year, it's going to become noticeable the more that they do. And I don't think it's going to happen as the way they predicted it because there's always a Murphy Law, some things will go wrong. And then God is in control of all this. God may not allow this to materialize as they hope, because he's in charge of all timing, what happens, how long it will go, and it only gives the Antichrist three and a half years to reign. And so this has already been going on for almost three years, and the experiment you know, the results will be known in the next 10 years. So we could still live out a full generation before the mark of the beast will come and the Antichrist. Or it could just start, you know, cascading itself year after year until something really big happens. But anyway, I thought, you know, this was a very useful uh, podcast to listen to what she had to say. And... Now, again, I'm just trying to connect the dots from everybody's purview of what they're doing. You know, she's looking at patents and documents to find the information of what's inside these vaccines. And then we have the other doctors that observed it after the fact by blood tests and doing other research um, like Dr. Artis had done. So eventually we will know what's going on. But before then, you know, a lot of people have taken it and they're going to suffer the consequences of what's happened to them. But if you are listening and you've taken this, I would take ivermectin every three months, a little dose to kill off potential parasitic nature of whatever they put inside of you. Because they wouldn't ban it unless it interfered with what they tried to do. So as long as it's going to you know, continue to interfere by you taking it, that's a good thing and that ultimately may just nullify or kill whatever enzymes that they put in it that's organic. And the other good news that I think is that nobody's really talking about is that your body uh, is designed to heal itself. It actually replenishes, like, your blood supply every 200 days or so. Like, every part of your different cells in your body has different timing as to when it's... uh, fully replenish. So over time, if you stay away from all these, you know, drugs and 
flu shots and all these crazy things that they keep wanting to take every year. Uh, just if you don't do it, your body will eventually heal on its own. Even if it's suffered for a little while, it'll start to replenish your cells back to, uh, to restore it back to what it was. So the bone marrow, you know, it's it, whole job, it keeps all your original cells and then it replenishes that supply within so many days. So I think, you know, there's always hope for everyone, whether you've taken the shot or not, that we're going to survive this. If you really, there's only one thing that can undo all of this mess, is really to cry out to God. That's it, okay? There's no other power but God's power that can save you. I mean, the, he already gave you a perfect example in the Bibles that when the Israelites were disobeyed God uh, when Moses came back from the mountain and they built a golden calf, they were struck with the plague and or the snake bites. The snakes were, you know, biting all the Israelites that disobeyed. And those that looked at the staff that Moses took and took a dead snake around the staff and says, anyone, God said, anyone who looks at the staff will be healed. And that's where our medical symbol comes from. And the other time when God says, you know, to Paul, when he got bit by a snake, he says, anyone who's in God and in faith, they will not be harmed. So, you know, even though the serpents bit Paul, nothing happened to him. So you could still have poison injected into you, but if you're with God and you're with, in faith, God could still save your life. You know, all you got to do is ask. Even if you didn't believe in God before and you are now regretting taking this stuff, it's okay. You know, that's the best time to go reach out to God and say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, please heal me. I don't want to be part of this peace system anymore. So there is always hope. All you got to do is cry out to God. That's, that's your only salvation. Everything else is people trying to control how to manage, you know, one thing or another. But they're not, they're, they're, they're not in control of that. It's God who's in control of all these things. And if he allowed all this to happen, you know, perhaps it's serving a purpose that we just don't know yet. But all those that believe and call out to him, you know, you're going to be protected under God's protection. And you don't need to worry about what the serpent's going to be doing to you because he has no effect under God. So anyway, thank you for listening.